Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we answer a few more of your voicemails and preview tonight's game against the Miami Dolphins. Guys, before we get today's show going, we just want to turn you on to the Locked On NFL podcast. If you haven't already checked it out, we highly encourage that you do. Former NFL scout Matt Williamson is on the show hosted by Brian Peacock and is your daily national podcast on all things NFL, covering all 32 NFL team with Matt providing his unique take on the game from his experience inside the game. If you haven't already, please go check out to Locked On NFL. Of course, drop them a subscribe as soon as you're done listening to this episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. David, let's kick things off with obviously what everybody wants to hear about. And that is that Ewan McGregor is rumored to have signed on to reprise his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi for the Disney Plus streaming service. I don't know anything that you just said, <sighs> except for Disney Plus streaming service. You don't know who Ewan McGregor is? Uh, no, I don't. You should know who he is by accident at this point. Phenomenal actor. Anyway, I figured I'd throw that out there just to confuse you because I knew you'd have no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. Anyway, what been Ewan McGregor? Yeah. Uh, oh, good Lord. Well, obviously, he was in some of the Star Wars movies. Uh, yeah, has he been in anything good or like mainstream? Oh, wow. Did you really just say good or mainstream? Yes, I, That's... I, I, I don't I don't see the problem in my question. If you if you would answer it, please. Uh, well, first off, Star Wars would be both. Uh, so, you know, let's see. Uh, yes, yes. Don't don't even don't even go there. Um, let's see. Recently, he was in Christopher Robin, the live action Winnie the Pooh nope. movie. But kind of going back. What was he? Uh, he was in Moulin Rouge. No, nope. he was in Big Fish. No, nope. he was in Angels and Demons with uh, nope. Tom Hanks. Yeah, no. Nope. The man who stare at goats. No, what? You just, is that actually a movie? It is. It's a it's a uh, Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, no, don't know who they are either. Uh, the Island. No. Black Hawk Down. Yeah, of course we've seen Black Hawk Down. Okay. We still to this day talk about how our fingers are our safeties, even though <laughs> our weapons are actually unsafe. But still. But yeah, he's he's so a who very, is he in that? In Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Grimes, Grimes. Oh, he's the coffee guy. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I know who that is. Yeah, good actor. Good job. Cool. <laughs> Sucks that he's you know being reduced to do all these like B films and stuff, but you know it happens. I'm going Not to slap you down. so hard the next time I see you. Just Count saying. it down, Indianapolis, 2020. You're getting slapped in the face. I don't know if I'll be there. Ugh. Fine, I'll, I'll go all by myself. We'll see. We'll see what we can make happen. 
anyway, yeah, if you if since you haven't seen the movie Big Fish, I do highly recommend that one. It's really, really good. Like really good. Seafood. We've already it, discussed this. The title Big Fish is a reference to the phrase a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, I don't like fish, fishes, big fishes, small fishes, ponds. I'm not a fan of any of those things. Way to deprive yourself. Anyway, we have a game to talk about now that we've wasted five minutes of our listeners' speaking time. Speaking of fish. With Sorry, your, fish. yeah, speaking of fish, nice segue. Yeah, uh, I'm sure our, our listeners don't want to hear your movie ineptitude anymore. Um, tonight, the the Bucks and the Dolphins preseason game two. Yeah, you've you've been there for the joint practices. So real quick, before we tackle some of these voicemails that will help us preview this game, kind of what's been the atmosphere with uh, with the joint practices going on? Been good. Some infighting with Miami squad. I saw some personally and, and kind of tweeted and wrote about it a little bit and then come to find out later that a couple of the, the Dolphins cornerbacks were also fighting with each other and frustrated with each other. So that's cool. Good signs for Miami fans there. But no, it's been good. It's been competitive. It's been a little bit back and forth. I, I wouldn't say that any team has won or lost the practices. I mean, you don't keep score and do all that crap anyway. But uh, I like what I've seen out of the Buccaneers during the time the Dolphins were here. I like what I've seen as far as the Dolphins, as far as providing a challenge. They they definitely brought some wrinkles to the field that we didn't see in the days leading up to the joint practices. So good, good experience, good growth, I think, for both sides. Uh, in general, I think both sides would probably agree. I will tell you that Josh Rosen looks better than I expected him to. If I'm a Dolphins fan, I would actually be fairly, I wouldn't say excited, but I mean, I'd be fairly optimistic. He actually doesn't look bad uh, from, from what I saw. And I only saw a little bit, of course. Obviously, my eyes were mostly trained on what the Bucks were doing. But yeah, there's some, there's definitely some good things to to draw from from what's been going on. And tomorrow will be interesting because I think the biggest thing that happened in Pittsburgh was a lot of young guys just kind of didn't understand or really didn't approach the game scenarios and the game situation uh, as, as effectively as maybe they could have versus practices. And so now we'll see in week two if they've really learned from, from their experience in Pittsburgh. And hopefully we see a little bit more of a lively, you know, second, third team squad than we did in, uh, in Pittsburgh. All right. Well, David, why don't we go ahead and jump over to the voicemails uh, as we continue to dive more into the preview? Because I know some of our callers, uh, they they want to talk a little bit about some things that will be pertinent to the game tonight. Hey, James and David. It's Chef Aaron calling in. Yeah. After the first preseason game, uh, obviously, we all saw how that went. Uh, I thought there was some good, there's some bad, uh, and obviously a little ugly. But uh, nonetheless, nonetheless uh, I thought it was a good game when it comes to looking at everything that we have when it comes to uh, not only the players but the coaches and how uh, you know they're meshing so far and it uh, looks like a promising start. But uh, I have a little thing I have to get off my chest. Uh, the people still whining and complaining about uh, drafting Matt Gay and you know drafting well. Basically, drafting two kickers in the last, what is it, three years? It's time to get over it. You know, Aguayo was a mistake. We all get it. And you know what? It seems like we got we redeemed ourselves with Matt Gay, a fifth-round pick, which, by the way, a fifth-round and later is a developmental pick. So it's not like it's a second-round or a, possibly a starter pick. Fifth-round. It's really nothing that big. 
Gostkowski was drafted in the fourth round by the Patriots, and he's lasted over 13, 14 years in New England. And uh, also, how many times are we going to get this whole Derwin James crap going on? Seriously, Derwin James fans, let it go. Your constant whining and complaining is not going to make him a buccaneer. You're starting to sound like a little child that's in the grocery store that's whining and complaining, crying and moaning, and the only way the child will stop is that the parents give in to it. It's it's just overdone, and it just makes you look like a bunch of crybabies right now. I'm sorry, it had to be said, but, well, actually, I'm not sorry because it had to be said. It's it's just making you guys sound like perpetuate little children. All right, Chef. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, thank you for taking my side of the of the Derwin James uh, problem here with with the Buccaneers fan base. And the only thing that I'll add to that is there's David. We've said it time and time again. There's absolutely no guarantee that Derwin James would have been the level player for the Bucks last year that he was for the Chargers. He went to a great situation with the Chargers. He would have come to Mike Smith with the Buccaneers. Yes, he's incredibly talented. No, he's not a Buccaneer. He's not going to be a Buccaneer. The likelihood that he becomes a Buccaneer at some point when he is not over the hill and just grasping on for one more year in the NFL is about mm, 1%. Yeah, let it go. I, I've reached the point now where I actually hope that Derwin James sucks just so that I don't have to hear it anymore. And I shouldn't hope for that because I have nothing against Derwin James. I have everything against the Derwinites that sit there. Oh, we could have drafted Derwin James. We should have drafted Derwin James. Fire Jason Light because he didn't draft Derwin James. No, because then you would have been whining and crying that they didn't draft anybody on the defensive line. It's just a vicious cycle. I like Derwin James. I don't really care if the Buccaneers didn't draft him. Um I would have, you know what I mean? But I'm not a Florida State guy either. I just would have drafted Derwin James because I valued Derwin James more than I valued Vita Vea. But like you said, like Chef said, like a lot of people have said, Derwin James is in Los Angeles. He's a charger. It's 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 done. Uh, well, I like Chef. Just... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I like Chef's analogy of, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't see a lot of it. Maybe I just, I just don't pay attention to it. I don't know. I don't really see a lot of the – the Derwin James outcry. Um, I do see it from time to time, but I don't see it uh, enough to, to where it gets, fr- it gets frustrating for me. So maybe I just don't pay attention to it. Um, I do like the analogy of like the child in the, in the line and the, the aisle or whatever is throwing a fit because they didn't get their toy or their candy or whatever it is. The only difference is here, the parent would be the Buccaneers, right? They can't give you what you want. If you're, if you're, if you're still kind of stuck on the fact the Buccaneers didn't draft Derwin James, your parent in this scenario, which would be the team, can't give it to you. Like this is this is the equivalent of you complaining because the store isn't going to sell you a cash register. Like it's not for sale. It's it's the Chargers aren't. There's nothing the Buccaneers could give that the Chargers would take for Derwin James because they don't want to. They they like what they picked him for a reason. They like him. He's working out great for them. He fits in their system beautifully. He fits with their other pro bowl caliber all pro caliber defenders that they have already in that system and so yeah the, the chargers aren't selling so there's nothing to buy so there's no reason to throw a fit if you find out that the chargers 
are selling Derwin James and the Buccaneers still haven't figured out their safety situation, then okay, maybe start the outcry back and say, hey, let's go buy this guy. Uh, but until that happens, which I don't see happening anytime soon, because again, if it does happen, James, and you'll get your wish, and Derwin James will have sucked for an extended period of time, in which case I would imagine you don't want him on the Buccaneers anymore, if, if, even if you're a Derwin James fan. Because I, I go back to the Roberto Aguayo thing. Von Bell, safety at Ohio State, is a guy who was available when the Buccaneers drafted Aguayo. In fact, I got pretty excited because when they traded back up, I thought maybe they were trading up to get Von Bell. I was um, excited because I thought they were trading up to get Von Bell. Yeah, they didn't. The Saints did. It has not worked out very well. Um, he's still with the Saints, last I checked anyway. Um, but it did. It hasn't worked very well. So, you know, even if even if the Bucks would have drafted Von Bell, potentially it may not have worked out well either. I don't know. Again, different teams, different systems, different situations. But the bottom line is Von Bell is, was a Saint. Roberto Aguayo was a buck, so I threw my support behind Roberto Aguayo as much as I throw my support behind anything because we don't enjoy sitting here talking about missed field goals. We enjoy talking about made field goals, and Von Bell is on another team, so unless I'm talking to a Saints guy, Von Bell isn't really doesn't really apply to what we're discussing here. I and I, and I think a big part of the the Derwin James issue is it's not an isolated incident. Last year it was. They have to draft Derwin James. It has to be Derwin James. The Bucs need Derwin James. The year before that, Dalvin Cook. The Bucs have to draft Dalvin Cook. They need to do whatever they can to get Dalvin Cook. Before that, the Bucs need to trade every pick that they have in this draft to move up to get Jalen Ramsey. We have to have Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is the end-all, be-all. He is already fitted for a gold jacket. The year you know before that, it was Jameis Winston. What's the common denominator here? All of them are very athletic people. Uh-huh. What else? They play positions of, of football in football. Stop beating around the bush. What they're all seminals, man. You, there you we already go. know what it is. They're all seminals. And there was a contingent this year. The Bucks shouldn't draft or, or uh Devin White. They need to draft Brian Burns. Brian Burns. No. Spider Man is pretty legit. If they would have traded back and gotten Brian Burns, I would have been happy. But it's every uh, year. It's every that. year there is some seminal that the Buccaneers have to have, and if they don't draft him, then everybody gets in a tizzy. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that's a fairly common. You know, I don't know. I've never the only team I've ever covered uh, specifically is the Buccaneers. You know that I've I've worked for a couple sites for a period of time where I covered the entire NFL, but that's not the same as covering one team and interacting with one fan base. Uh, but I imagine you know, like Green Bay Packers fans, you know, probably appreciate when their team drafts a badger browns fans like when their teams draft buckeyes they get mad no like, that's the thing. they don't drafted. care uh, browns fans were pretty mad when they drafted braylon edwards i remember like, that being around here and and being intermingled with both fan bases this is not a a every state thing this is not i hear every Bengals fan and every browns fan say, oh they have to draft you know, player X from Ohio State. They have to have him. They have to have him. No, they're like, give me a left tackle. Give me a quarterback. We really need help at linebacker. They want the best player at that position. It's not a give me the best player from Ohio State. But are Cincinnati fans really tied to Ohio State? Very much. The entire state is tied to Ohio State. Are they? Yes. I never really figured Cincinnati would be that diehard for like Ohio State. I was kind oh, of yeah. figured that was more 
like mid to northern Ohio. It's all of Ohio because southern Ohio. I mean, think about it. Think about it. You have Michigan and Michigan State, both huge diehard football fan bases. You have Mm -hmm. Florida, Florida State, Miami. Now kind of UCF, you know, big in there. Alabama and Auburn. You have, um, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Texas, Texas Tech. You have all these states that have multiple big football programs. Name a big football program in Ohio outside of Ohio State. No, I get what you're saying. I just, yeah, I didn't like, think it's, it's all they, they have to root for. Having this about the Buckeyes as like Cleveland or something like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's, well, and Cincinnati's closer to Ohio State than, than Cleveland is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm tracking the geography. I, I honestly just never kind of. I just, if you ask me to name, you know, three cities that were completely, you know, dedicated to the Buckeyes, Columbus, Cleveland, and I don't know, the third one would probably be like Akron, which is kind of cheating because it's basically Cleveland. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, no, Cincinnati in, probably would not have come to mind. In a state filled with Browns and Bengals fans, they want to latch on to at least one team that they know will be competitive. So they're all Ohio State fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never covered any other teams and I don't. Uh, I don't live in any one state long enough to really get to know. Like, I don't, I don't know if Ravens fans are diehard Maryland fans or not, to be honest with you. Uh, I was only in Maryland for three years, and it's not really something I, I dive, I dove into. Um, Crab cakes and football. It's definitely an interesting phenomenon. It's been fun to, to, to learn and to get become a part of over the last five or six years that I've been covering the Buccaneers. But I don't know, man. I mean, it's passion. It is what it is. It's, it's passion. At the end of the day, you know, I see I see Florida State fans who who lament and and, and despise the fact that Roberto Aguayo happened. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a it's an interesting thing. Yeah, and and to touch on on Chef's other point because we really we really went on a tangent there. Um, so we're gonna have to hurry the rest of this along. Um, you know, yeah, the Bucks missed on Aguayo, and yes, they drafted another kicker. What other team hasn't done that? I mean, after Jamarcus Russell, David, should the Raiders have never drafted another quarterback again? After drafted quarterbacks, after Gaines Adams, may he rest in peace. Should the Buccaneers have never drafted another defensive lineman again? They definitely should have drafted Brian Burns. Yeah, after after Ryan Leaf, should the Chargers have never drafted another quarterback again? Like misses happen at every single position for every single team. You have to correct yeah, that. I think it's just it's it's magnified because it's a kicker. Which but at the end of the day, a wrong rap, man. they're your leading score. Like exactly. that is your leading score on your team. It's a pretty important position to get it right. So if you as a general manager, as a coach, as an organization feel like it's worth the gamble of spending draft capital on, then I say go for it. You know what I mean? If you're that confident in that kid, go for it. Because at the end of the day, like Roberto Aguayo has nobody to look at. And I'm not saying he is, but Roberto Aguayo has nobody to look at for his failures as an NFL kicker but himself. Like he can't blame his holder. He can't blame his offensive line. He can't blame his coaches. He can't blame the team. Because when a team does what the Buccaneers did to get you, they're going to do anything and everything you need. Like, I, like if Roberto Aguayo said, well, I missed those kicks because my holder didn't have steel cut oats for morning. 
they probably would have ordered the holder, whoever it was, whether, was it, whether it was Brian Egg or whoever, to eat steel-cut oats for breakfast every morning. Like <laughs> That's how much they probably would have gone to make that pick work. And when Jason Light selected another kicker in the fifth round, even though it was the fifth round, which I agree with Chef, like in the fifth round, you're not looking for a starter. If you get your team's leading scorer in the fifth round, that's a good draft pick as far as I'm concerned. If you don't get your leading score in the fifth round, um, it's okay. It's, 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 most general managers don't get fired or hired for how successful or unsuccessful they are in the fifth round of the NFL draft. So I'm okay with that. Run down the list of every NFL franchise. Check every single franchise's leading scores. Every single one of them is a kicker. Every one of them. It's your kicker. Um, but they don't hit. You know what I mean? They don't hit. They don't catch. When they try to throw, it looks stupid. So I get it. They're not as athletic. Well, I mean, some of them are actually really sneaky athletic. But they don't. They just, they're not sexy, man. Like, kickers aren't sexy. Um, although I will say that Matt Tell Gay really Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, Matt Gay had a really big crowd around him after practices uh, this week for autographs. So he's 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 definitely a star out here. But you know, I mean, it just it's uh for for if if a team like I said if if a team believes in this kicker so much, like basically the Buccaneers looked at Matt Gay and they said we don't want to risk somebody taking him in between their fifth round pick and their next draft pick and taking Matt Gay. So they said we want to go get him. That says something about that kicker. That says something about how the team feels about that kicker. And as a kicker, you should draw confidence from that. You should draw some some motivation from that to make sure that you make this coaching staff, you make this general manager look good because that's always that's a risk. These guys know who they are. They know what it is. You know what I mean? They there's not a kicker in the NFL who walks around saying no. The stigma about kickers isn't true. My guys don't believe that. My guys are different. No, that's BS. Your guys make fun of you just like every other team's makes fun of their kickers. Your fans make fun of you just like every other team's fans makes, makes fun of their kickers. And if you go out there and you go 30 for 30 in the season and then you go 0 for 2 in a divisional round playoff game, you are going to be burned. Your house is going to be burned down. You're going to be driven out of the town with pitchforks and, and torches. And every kicker knows that. So when your team is willing to put that kind of stuff on the line to draft you, it means something. It, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like There, there are kickers who... Who who don't pan out all the time? Who have the talent? It's just like any other position in the National Football League. Jamarcus Russell had an absolute cannon on his attached to his upper body. It didn't work for many reasons. Roberto Aguayo had an absolute cannon attached to his hip. It didn't work for whatever reason. Matt Gay has an absolute cannon attached to his hip. So far, it's working. But so far, it working means he's done well in one preseason game, and not for nothing. But he's only had one live kick with actual defenders running in his face. So, so far in Matt Gay's career, he's one for one. Now, we're all really excited about that one for one, but let's not get it twisted. He's one for one. Practice doesn't mean crap because any any type of rush in practice is fake. He knows. The Dolphins aren't diving. I wrote it in my, my players to watch. Uh, the Dolphins weren't diving at his feet. They're not diving after his leg. They're not going to. They're not allowed to. And he knows this. So when he goes out there on the field tomorrow, it's a different situation because now you got – a fifth-round draft pick or an undrafted defensive backer, linebacker, who's trying to get a spot on an NFL roster. And if he's got to tear your ankle off, if he's got to separate your kicking foot from your body to do it, he's going to do it. So that's where the pressure comes in. And let's say Matt Gay makes it through the preseason and none of that gets to him. Fantastic. Week one against San Francisco, three seconds left on the clock, team down two, and he's on the field to kick a 52-yard winning field goal. Guess what? That is a level of pressure he will have never felt before. 
that could be the moment that the wheels fall off, or it could be the moment that iron turns to steel or, or whatever. You know what I mean? You don't know what's going to happen. You draft guys because of their potential. Did Roberto Aguayo have the potential to become the best kicker the NFL has ever seen? Yes. You can't deny that. He did. He had the potential to become the best kicker the NFL has ever seen. Didn't work. Again, like you said, doesn't mean they shouldn't do it again. Does Matt Gay have the potential to become the best kicker the NFL has ever seen? I'll say yes. I've seen the kid. He's got the range. He's got the ability. Um, the different, What we need to find out now is, is he going to do it? He could. He might not. We don't know. But you're never going to find out unless you are willing to risk the draft capital to get him on your team, put him on your field, and to put him out there. So I applaud Jason Light for being willing to go through the scrutiny because you don't think, like, when Jason Light turned in that draft card, you don't think he was sitting there at one buck going, here we go. Buck's Twitter is about to blow up. Of course, he, he's he's a smart person. He knows how, he knows how this thing works. He knew how much criticism he was going to get. And, and it immediately happened. Um, I don't, I think it's partially he doesn't really care. But the other part is that they were, were confident in what they were doing to with to withstand the storm. And now it's great. I've I don't I can honestly say I never expected to hear any any practice fields crowd cheering as much as they did when Matt Gay stepped on the field. Like he hadn't even kicked yet and they were cheering. And then once he started kicking it just got louder. So so far it's working. So just enjoy it while you can because I mean who knows what's gonna happen next week. There there's our preview episode. So that's great. <laughs> Dolphins also have two kickers, by the way. Yeah, I mean if you get if you get a kicker that can last, like I brought up Adam Vinatieri and, and we've seen it with Janikowski and, and all these guys, you get a, a 15 year return on a fifth round draft pick. That's, that's a hell of an ROI right there. All right, guys, we're going to pause here real quick. And I want to let you know the support for today's show comes from manscaped manscaped is number one in men's below the belt grooming you may have seen manscaped on shark tank and men's journal who named their lawnmower 2.0 as one of the best tools in men's grooming get 20 percent off and free shipping with promo code locked on at manscaped.com that is l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n at manscaped.com all right well david we we had another voicemail lined up but you and i really just kind of went off there on on chef's voicemail so chef thank you david real quick before we get out of here uh give me give me one guy in particular that you're watching for for tonight and i know you wrote about this over at bucksnation.com your five players to watch for but who are you really zoned in on yeah so i did i have five players to watch for on bucksnation.com probably right now as you're listening to this i will throw out uh, I'll throw out my own sixth who's not in the poll. to for I have a poll up for readers to vote on the sixth guy to watch. I'm going to throw a seventh guy out there, and that's Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith has been balling out in camp. He's been doing great in practice. It really sucks. He's not going to be available in the beginning of the season. But really, his loss is Mazzie Wilkins. Mazzie Wilkins gain. I'm going to say it both ways. That way I know I'm right. But still, Ryan Smith is a guy who he's been he's been showing up. He's been doing really well. And if he continues to do well and continues to really find a spot, in this defense, and when he comes back in week five, he's going to be rested. He's not going to be weary from all the road travels. He's not going to be weary from all the damage the Buccaneers have been doing. So he's going to be a, a, an injection of energy that the team might really need in that time of the season. So because in hindsight, we can actually be looking at the suspension as a benefit versus a deficit. Uh, if, like I said, if Ryan Smith 
um, can turn all of the stuff that he's been doing in practice and in the preseason into production in the regular season. All right. I'm definitely same side of the ball, same position. I'm keeping an eye on Sean Murphy bunting. You get publicly called out by your head coach for disappearing in your debut in the first preseason game. You better step up and do something in the second game because all eyes are going to be on you, especially mine. So I look for Sean Murphy bunting to have a, uh, kind of a breakout night and if he doesn't oh buddy bruce is going to get after him so david anything else before we get out of here give me a score prediction a score for 19 to 10 uh i don't know which team but 19 to 10 <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and assume that that was for the bucks um, sure 19 to 10 bucks why not yep Make sure you guys are are checking out everything David's doing. He will be well, in. Where's your score prediction? <clears throat> Mine was on the uh, Crossover Wednesday episode. Thank you very much for listening, David. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Make sure you're following along with David as he will be at the game tonight. Uh, make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Send us your post-game reactions to 813-444-5841. David, we still have that second voicemail in our back pocket. Hopefully we can get to it. Uh, I got a feeling that the, the players that it was about are going to play a role in tonight's mm-hmm. game. So I hope you all have a phenomenal weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. And thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.